Psalm to consider this morning is Psalm 46, if you would turn there with me. This was said by one of the writers to be Martin Luther's favorite psalm. And the subject of this psalm is, come what may. Come what may, the Lord's people are happy and secure. And many call this psalm the Song of Holy Confidence. That's a good title. The Song of Holy Confidence. There can be no confidence but in the Holy One, the Lord Jesus Christ. And We live in a day where a lot of, a great deal of folks talk about the end times. With the wars, the conflicts, the emergence of a global economy being so prevalent, they say that the end times have to be near. Well, they have been for a long time. They say that the evidence of moral decay is, is another sign. Many believe that biblical prophecy is quickly coming to pass. And one of the signs of the end times our Lord mentioned was wickedness. Our Lord said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. You know why God destroyed the earth with the flood, the deluge? Because the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually wickedness. Pretty prevalent. There are many followers of biblical prophecy today who look around them in this modern day world and seeing what they do on the television news and in movies and the kind of behavior and the vow conversation going on to in today's culture. Many claim clearly these are the days of Noah. No doubt these are the end times. And I believe that that may very well be right. (laughs) But the child of God has nothing to fear. Speaking of those days of wickedness foretold by Christ over 2,000 years ago, many believe that the prophecy of our world being destroyed with fervent heat speaks of the many countries today that have uh, nuclear capabilities. We no doubt live in a day where there's much fear about such things. But the Lord's people have holy confidence. And that holy confidence is in a sovereign God. Now that's where the rubber meets the road. The God that I hear preached today in most religious circles, men and women have reason to fear. Because He's trying and He wants to and all the things that we've mentioned so many times. But not the God of the Bible. Not the God, the one and only true God. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's not impotent. He's omnipotent. He works all things after the counsel of His own will. And He cannot fail. And this psalm makes it evident that God is our refuge. What a blessed word that is. 
God the Father is our refuge. God the Son is our refuge. God the Holy Spirit is our refuge. What is a refuge? It's a hiding place. It's a place of security. A place of strength. This mighty refuge is within the child of God. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Okay, Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The believer's refuge is always present. Our refuge is always right now. Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now, I don't know how many men in the world have a, a, a nuclear button they can push, but I know the God who's in control of those men. Therefore, I will not fear what man can do to me because my God is in control of them. And that's our holy confidence. God is our refuge. God is our strength. Isn't that your refuge this morning? That's your security. Isn't that where you hide in safety? What shall we then say to these saints? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, all God's elect. How shall he not with him, Christ, freely give us all things? Verse 2, therefore, this is why. <clears throat> therefore, will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, we will not fear. Why? <clears throat> None can stay God's hand. None can question the purpose of God. None can say to God, what doest thou? All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and He, the Lord, doeth according to His will. Not ours. And he does so in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? Daniel 4.35. God's people rest in God's word. My confidence is found in what God says about himself. And it's a holy confidence. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. There's no ifs, ands, and buts in that statement at all. I've sworn, it comes to pass. I purposed, I thought, I purposed, it comes to pass. It shall. <laughs> not it might, not maybe, not if you do this and do that. <laughs> Are we going to believe God? As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's what God's people 
say. Choose this day whom you'll serve. There's only one God. There's only one Lord. That they, God's people, may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me, God says. I am the Lord and there is none else. Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There's none beside me. And this is why I agree that this is the holy confidence that the believer possesses. Our God's in the heavens. He's done whatsoever He hath pleased. God does what He wills and purposes everywhere all the time. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did He. Where? In heaven and in earth and in the seas and in all deep places. Everywhere. And it's the same God who predestinates and works all things after the counsel of His own will that does so for the good of His people who love Him and are called by Him. Ephesians 1.11 and Romans 8.28. If you're resting in Christ this morning, this should be your holy confidence. God is our refuge. Not how big our military is, not man-made fortresses. Our refuge is the only living and true God. A very present help in trouble. And He is. He's been tried and proved by His people. He never withdraws Himself from His afflicted. He is our effectual and constant help. He is more present than friend or relative can be. You know, I hear of older folks and I understand it, moving to where a sister lives or a brother lives or a family member lives. It finds security in being close to a relative. But you can't get any more secure than the ever-present one being with you. And He's with you all the time. He's more present than even the trouble. He's a friend in need and a friend indeed. Therefore, we will not fear. <laughs> the believing child of God refuses to fear. I refuse to fear. Sometimes fear creeps up on me the most, for the most silliest reasons. But I refuse to let fear dominate me, even though the earth be removed, the psalmist says. These heavens and earth are going to pass away. Peter wrote, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. This present heaven and earth must be done away with if there are to be new ones. So I know that this earth and the heavens are going to pass away. What a glorious time awaits the believer. That's how a believer looks at it. Well, that's glorious. Because in this new heaven and in this new earth, there dwells righteousness. When the psalmist writes on the earth, uh, writes of the earth being removed and the mountains being carried into the midst of sea, he's talking about every earthly support being taken away. Every foundation other than Christ is going to be removed. 
everything we believe to be our security other than the Lord Jesus Christ and His precious blood shed for His people will one day very soon be taken away. But God still is. One day your spouse, if you have one, will die and leave you or you may first die and leave your spouse. But God continues. God still is. God still remains. One day this church is going to be removed. I often pray that it will continue for a while longer, even long after you and I are gone. I desire this for my grandchildren. I desire it for your children and grandchildren. And one day it'll end, but God will remain. He's the only I am. He's the only present, ever present one. Now look at verse three. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Now one may say, that, that's fearful to me. I fear those things. Our Lord Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because He is our refuge and strength. He is ever present. He always is and always will be forever and ever. He always has been. The everlasting one, the eternal one. Now, we've talked about this before, sea law. That word means rest. It's a, it, it, it is a, a word that signifies to rest in Christ's refuge and strength. Sea law is saying, wait, stop. This is important. Sea law means to lift up and exalt. Sea law means to pause and reflect on what's just been said or what's fixing to be said. Sea law means to stop and listen. Are you listening? Some Bible scholars believe the word sea law was a, a musical notation, possibly meaning silence or pause in our hymn book today. Those who read music, you'll see that little rest sign. That means to you pause. Silence. Though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake, trouble, trouble. This, that's a subject that we know something about. <laughs> Man that's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Man is full of trouble as the sparks fly upward. The cause of this affliction and this trouble is sin. The word trouble in both these verses signifies labor and mischief. You look the word up in a concordance, that's what it means. And all diseases, all distresses, all anguish of mind, all trouble, even death, arises from the pollution of sin. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, is this something for the child of God to worry about and fear? Absolutely not. And verse 4 tells us why. There is a river. <laughs> there is a river. Christ is that river. He's a river that never shall run dry, as the song says. 
There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is called the fountain of living waters. Christ is the fountain opened for sin and uncleanness. The Holy Spirit is a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. Peter said, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, adversity, trouble, full of trouble, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than gold. And it is. It is much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Thank God for trouble. Did you just say that? The believer knows what I mean. This river, these streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. That's speaking of the church. The city of God is the church. The church is the holy place where God resides. The church is the tabernacle of the Most High. It's with the church that you find streams of forgiveness, streams of mercy never ceasing, we sing. Streams of grace, love, and acceptance. And look at verse 5. God is in the midst of her. The church. The bride of Christ. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. Whenever we, the church of God, meet, God is in the midst of her. Christ said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. She, the church, shall not be moved. Sin, trouble, tribulation shall not move her. God shall help her and that right early. <laughs> God's not going to give you more than you can handle. God won't come late. <laughs> he shall help her right early. He always comes at the right time. Our help, which is constant, is sure and it's near. Oftentimes, impatience complains of divine delays. The sisters of Lazarus said, Lord, if you'd been here, He said, your brother shall live. I'm not late. You think I'm late, but I'm here for the glory of God. Your brother shall rise again. Martha said, I know that he'll rise in the resurrection. And Christ said, I am the resurrection. <laughs> the Lord is never slack concerning His promise. Christ is not only a well of water to keep her, His church, from fainting, but He'll also prove to be a wall of fire to protect her. Our rock, Christ, is the rock of ages. He's a sure foundation. He's a solid rock. 
a firm foundation. We lean on His everlasting arms. Do we not? We don't lean on our own understanding. Verse 6, The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice. The earth melted. Well, we live in a day where the nations are in a furious uproar. Does this disturb the Lord? The kingdoms were moved, but the Lord was the first cause. Many call this an unstable world. I had someone say that not long ago. This is an unstable world. And at first thought, I could see why men and women say that. But it's not an unstable world for the child of God. Why? Because the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And He has set the world on them. He's in control of all this. He uttered His voice, the earth melted. I don't know what the Lord is doing, but He does. And that's all that matters to me. What do those who don't know Him do? They rage. (laughs) They rage and they uproar. At their wicked hands, kingdoms are destroyed. But the Lord simply utters His voice and the earth that they think they rule is melted. It's impossible that His will not be done. It's impossible. Salvation with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. There's that word again. And again, that word Selah. Stop and think about that, friends. The Lord of hosts means that He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of the dead and the living. He's the Lord of those who know Him not. And He's the Lord of them whether they know it or not. He's the God of Jacob, our refuge. God refers to Himself as the God of Jacob more than any other name in the Scriptures. And when I consider who and what Jacob was, that gives me, the great sinner that I am, great hope and comfort. Well, He's the God of Jacob. He's the God of sinners like me. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ came into the world to save Jacob's sinners. Jacob's claim to fame was that God loved him. I want that to be my claim to fame. Look back on the life of David Edmondson. You can call, you can say, what about his ministry? Well, I, first of all, like Brother Montgomery said years ago, I don't have a ministry. Lord just given me uh, to be an under shepherd over a handful of folks. But the Lord is our shepherd. This is his ministry, this is his church. And, uh, but I want my claim to fame to be the Lord loved him. The Lord loved him. I read here a while back, I think I had it in the bulletin, where an old believer once said, on my tombstone, all I want is the date I was born and the date that I died in one word, kept. Yes, sir. 
kept. Hmm. We've often said, many wonder how God could have hated Esau, but the believer wonders how God could have loved Jacob. The same and only way God could love me in Christ and in Him alone. No other way. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He's my shelter, protection, security, safe haven. He's my sanctuary. He's my hiding place. He's my Noah's Ark. He's my city of refuge. I got to get to Him. And I'm safe when I get there. Safe from God's justice's pursuit and danger and trouble. It, it would be to undervalue God, friends, if we should fear when He is with us and He's our refuge. And in verse 8, we see a little something of what preaching is. The psalmist says, Come, behold the works of the Lord. That's what we do in preaching. We call on sinners to behold the finished work of Christ. Behold the works of the Lord in creation. The Lord made the heavens and the earth. He created both the heavens and the earth in six days and then He rested. And He rested because His work was finished. Behold the works of the Lord in providence. Everything comes to pass after the counsel of His own will. Behold the works of the Lord in salvation. God has mercy on whom He'll have mercy. The salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. And He doesn't save them because they're righteous. He makes them righteous when He saves them. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Known unto God are all His works from the beginning of the world. Again, verse 8, what desolations He hath made in the earth. You know, I immediately thought of that verse of Scripture. Is there evil? Is there calamity? Is there trouble? That's what the word evil there means. In the city, and the Lord hath not done it. Earthquakes, tornadoes, famines, pestilence, all fearful sights, the Scripture says. The Lord said in Luke chapter 21, are from the Lord in heaven. It's not Mother Nature. It's not misfortune. And it's not Lady Luck, as Brother Don used to say. It's the Lord that destroys the destroyers. It's the Lord who desolates the desolators. <laughs> Whenever His cause and His crown are disregarded, that place is disregarded. This is why I fear the fate of our nation. And I call it fate because it is out of our control. But it's not out of His. And there's no such thing as a twist of fate. You ever heard that? With a twist of fate. No. Fate is determined and purposed by His supernatural, sovereign, omnipotent power and control. Verse 9, He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth down the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. The Lord makes wars to cease, but do you know what? He makes wars to start. Yes, sir. He's the first cause of everything. 
I believe this is really referring to the war within. Romans 7.20 says, Now if I do that, I would not. It's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And then Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who, Lord, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, only you. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the only one that can. Only the Lord makes this war within the seas. He's the only one that can. He breaks the bow of sin. He cuts the spear of self asunder. He burns the chariots of Satan's hell of fire. And so what do we do? Look at verse 10. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Hmm. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Cease and desist. Stop working and rest. And know that I am God. Stop doing and know that it's all been done. Be still. Don't worry and don't fret. Rest and then rest some more and then rest some more. This is my Father's work. I rest me in the thought. (laughs) This is my Father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. He's my refuge. He's my strength. This is my Father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is King. Let the heavens sing. God reigns. Let the church be glad. The city of God, the church of God. Oh, we're glad. Glad tidings. (laughs) God will be exalted among the heathen. One day, though it will be too late for them, every knee, even the heathen's knee, is going to bow. And every tongue, even the heathen's tongue, is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And again, in in verse 11, we have the confession of every blood-bought child of God. The Lord of hosts is with us. He's with us. What do we have to fear? He cannot fail. What is, is is there for us to doubt and fear? The God of Jacob, the God of sinners, is our refuge. And once again, he says, Selah, stop and think about that. Oh, may God enable us to think about these things and rest in these things and trust God in all these things. He is our refuge. And what a song of holy confidence this is. May God be pleased to make it so for his glory, our good, and for Christ's sake.